Scripture Daniel two twenty two uh, came to me, and so I looked it up, and 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 what the Lord said was that He was going to reveal. He was He was uncovering something great, something that had been hidden would become revealed, something that's in plain sight, but you just aren't seeing it. And then with that, He spoke to me. It was very clear. He said, "You are not to speak this weekend. You're not to communicate this weekend. Like you're not to preach." And that's a nervous thing because Sunday's coming around and I hadn't asked anybody yet, right? So I said, okay, Lord. And so I surrendered the opportunity. I said, okay, Lord, you know, then you're going to have to deal with that. That's not my problem anymore. Um, and, and the next morning I had an appointment with the person that you're going to hear from today. The next morning I went into a type of travail. I began to pray in the spirit in tongues it was, was the Lord, like uh, there was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And I was praying, and I prayed all the way up until I had this meeting with this person. And uh, when she walked in, the Holy Spirit quickened me and was like, this is the person who's communicating this weekend, this person who's going to preach. So we sat down, we had a wonderful meeting, and in the midst of that meeting, I said, if you had one sermon to preach, what would it be? Right? I didn't let, her on, I didn't let on that I'm about to ask you to preach this this weekend. <laughs> I wanted to see if there was something there to share, right? <laughs> Testing the water a little bit. And, uh, and what came forth or what, what was communicated back to me was exactly what we feel like the Lord is saying in this moment. Okay? And so I, I want you to turn on your honor this morning. I want you to stir up your heart. Okay? There's so much going on in our world right now. And uh, the antidote is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Truly. This is not just a religious answer. He really is the answer. And, uh, and so uh, at the house, we attempt to give as much honor as we can when we welcome people. We choose to turn on, to be looking for what's God saying. And so I'm asking you to do that today. Turn up your honor. Crank up that, that, the hunger for hearing the word of the Lord. And uh, I want you to jump to your feet. And I want you to give a very rousing, uh, just obnoxious welcome to Rebecca Ribnick. Thank you. Wow. This is not the nine o'clock service. <laughs> wow, it is a, a privilege to be here this morning. Before anything else, I just want to say a huge thank you to Pastor Jamie, Pastor Nicole, the leadership team here, the pastoral elders, and you, the body, actually, for creating a place that said we will be known by the presence of God. This is our one thing. We are, we are going after him wholeheartedly, whatever else comes. And it is a huge privilege to step into this pulpit. This is my home church. Uh, I know some of you, some of you I'm related to, <laughs> just as a small segment of this morning's population. But this is, I'm a Minnesota girl. I'm, I live nearby. I'm usually at the 9 o'clock, so I'm like, wow, there's so many people at the 11, and your eyes are open. There's a change. 
<laughs> There's a bit of a difference here. But I'm usually in the back over there with my, my uh, brother and sister-in-law and a couple of my nieces who are there. Hi, guys. Hi, Amelia. <laughs> She's waving at the screen. Hi, hi, Esme. Yeah, wow, we've seen a lot of really cute kids this morning. Wow. I, I mean, I get to hang out with some all the time, but I was just like enjoying that so much. So it's really fun to see that in our church, the natural uh, growth population of the church, the church body. But um, I'm from here. I'm privileged. It, it is, is a huge honor and a bit humbling anytime you get to bring a word to anyone. Uh, how much more so in your home church because you don't leave. Like, I will be here next week, and you guys will see me, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that time, that are you, okay. It's, you don't get to leave, so there's, there's a bit of a, like, ooh, that goes with that. But I, I'm super grateful to be here. Um, some of The ones of you I know I love and the ones I don't know yet, I'm, I know to know you is to love you. So I look forward to that opportunity. Uh, Pastor, it's fun hearing Pastor Jamie talk about our meeting because I experienced it quite differently. <laughs> Anytime someone said they went into, to, into travail before they, they met with you, it's not always the most comforting thing. But Pastor Jamie asked me, he said, if there's, if there's one message you would bring, what is it? I, could, I, didn't, I don't think I let him finish. I said, the goodness of God. Because I really only have one message. I get to uh, share different things. I love to teach about healing. Healing is a big part of my life. But healing is just a manifestation of the goodness of God. So there's just one message. I'm sorry for those of you who've heard me before. It's the same thing. <laughs> Maybe just pick it up in a different spot in the tape. But it's the same thing. There's just this one thing. So that was uh, on Wednesday, actually. It was on the 23rd that we met. And... He said, you know, church is on, services on the 27th, will you be ready? And I said, let's go, let's go. But you guys know that something happened the day after the 23rd. On, on Thursday morning, we woke up and there was the exact opposite of the goodness of God manifesting in our world. We've had a lot of that the past couple of years. Things that look very different from the goodness of God being seen throughout the world. Of me, I have dear friends in Ukraine who are Ukrainian and missionaries there. And my heart has been grieved and heavy at different times because of what's going on. And there's times in prepping to speak about the goodness of God, when it's very clear that the goodness of God is not manifesting fully on the earth, I stepped back from just prepping and, and worship the Lord and pray until I felt his presence come again, until I felt that thing lift. I know some of you know what I mean. You just get this unction from the Lord. I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to pray for this situation. And you pray until you feel it lifts. And when it lifts, go back to what you're doing. You don't need to stay in that place. You go back to what you're doing. So I would pray until I felt that and I felt the joy return. That happened a couple of times. And I, I, can't, I can't stand here before a body of believers knowing what's going on, knowing my friends who say, keep praying for us because your prayers are working. Keep praying for us because it matters and not engage the body to agree with me in faith that yes, our prayers are powerful and effective. They avail as much, says James 5. That what we say matters and when we come in agreement, something changes on the earth. <laughs> what if we were alive to see 
God's manifest goodness come to the earth through us? What if we all were chosen to live in this time, in this place, in this space? The Bible says that we were. That's good news. That means when we say yes to what heaven has on heaven's heart, what the Lord wants to do, something changes. So before we go further, I'll ask, can you stand to your feet? We're just going to pray into that, that situation. <laughs> I'm just going to have you repeat after me. You guys okay with that? All right. Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Ukraine, as it is in heaven. In Russia, as it is in heaven. This whole earth, as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you. Let me pray for the message too. That feels like a good decision. So, Father, I just thank you that that you have you've prepared the days and the times of our lives that we get to step into it. And God, I ask right now that your spirit would anoint my words, that they would go forth, that they would stir something inside those listening here online or wherever it is that would quicken their spirits to receive more of who you are into their life. God, that your manifest glory would be found in their lives today, that we would leave more like Jesus than we came in. Oh, God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We just can't get enough. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah, your eyes really are a whole lot more open this service than the last one. I'm just saying, I can see it very clearly from up here. Now, like I shared, I'm from, I'm from the area. I grew up in a Christian home. I'll share a little bit of my story. And this, this is because this is what marked me. The goodness of God is what marked me. I had an encounter with God that changed everything. And either we've had those moments or we hunger for those moments. I think those are the two camps that we can exist in. I don't know that there is an in-between. I'm telling you, if you have those moments, cherish them and ask for more. And if you haven't had those moments and you're hungering for them, you're hungering for something because it's available. You know, like, you know when you smell bacon? That's one of the best smells. And what do you want as soon as you smell that? Bacon. It's just, that's a, you're hungering for something because it exists. If you want a touch from the Lord, if you want to be marked and changed and transformed more into who he created you to be, that's because that is his desire for you. So I grew up. I grew up in the Twin Cities here, uh, Baptisty sort of girl, and I, I always knew Jesus. I grew up in a Christian family. I knew Jesus from always, which is an incredible gift. Parents, you're holding your babies up here. Do not think little of the gift that you're giving them, teaching them about Jesus from the from the very first days of their lives. That is a beautiful gift. 
So I, I uh, always knew Jesus. I didn't have my moment. I didn't have that salvation comes to the altar moment, which is a bit of a problem in a Baptisty setting because, the, like, you expect one. That's kind of what you talk about a lot. So I was, that was a bit of a struggle for me. But, you know, I always knew Jesus. I knew his salvation. I knew his John 3:16 love for the world, for God so loved the world. And what an incredible gift it is to receive that and to know that and to walk with that. <laughs> but about the, about, as soon as I entered school, we knew there was something wrong with my body. I started getting sick. I'd get a cold. A cold would turn into bronchitis or pneumonia. I'd end up in the hospital. I'd get something else, and it'd be a cycle of, out of six, seven, eight months before I was well again. And this happened over and over and over again until I was eventually uh, withdrawn from school and homeschooled. I smile because I'm like, I don't think I did any school. And I, get, I do really get nervous, and especially in Minnesota. I'm like, will they take away my degree when they hear that? I think the statute of limitations has run out, though, so I feel safe. But I, my dad would literally carry me from my, my bed to the couch and back at the end of the day. That was my life. And I was, again, I knew Jesus. I was so grateful for knowing him. But we, I wasn't in a community or an environment where I'd ever heard a testimony of healing. Never. We, just, we didn't even talk about it. It's not that we talked against it. We just didn't talk about it. And you only know what you know. So I just didn't know. So we went from doctor to doctor to doctor. Eventually, there was one who uh, diagnosed me with an autoimmune disease and started treating my immune system. I would get these IVs a couple times a week. And do all the things that, that take care of your immune system. <laughs> I said in the first service that 2020, I was like, game on. I know what to do. <laughs> I was training for it for years. But in that time, you know, I still worship Jesus, still love Jesus, yet was really sick. Thought this is my cross to carry. This is how I worship him, is through this, this sickness, this disease not realizing that disease is a defeated enemy under the feet of Jesus. <laughs> By his stripes, we are healed. That is a present reality. That is not a future reality. I didn't understand that at the time. I pushed that like so many of the promises of God. I pushed into a time after I died. And I, so much of my hope rested in a time after I would pass from this life. Let me say to you that salvation is a doorway into the life of the kingdom, and there is no limit to what we can have in him. If he hasn't drawn a limit, if the scripture doesn't say to stop, keep going. Oh, the goodness of God, how good does he want to be to us? I'll steal thunder from the rest of my message, but if, if it's not good, too good to be true, it's not the end, so keep going. That's what it looks like in the kingdom. It's not too good to be true. It's not the end, so keep going. Don't quit. Yeah, we didn't know that at the time. So I, I lived this kind of half-life. I get my IVs. I was halfway involved at school, halfway involved with athletics and church and those things. And somewhere in there, I'm abbreviating the story, but somewhere in there, a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you pray with my mom? I was pretty desperate. I was 21 at the time. I'd been told that 25 was a good life goal, which isn't great. It's not great to hear that. You know, when you're in survival mode, you do not dream. 
I actually think the Lord has put us on this earth to dream with him and see that accomplished. You're not doing that when you're surviving. Jesus said that he came for us to have life and life abundantly. And when you're in chronic pain and when you're surviving, that is not what's happening. So something's broken in this scenario. I'm here today to tell you the situation is what is lying, not the word of God. Your situation can lie to you, but the word of God never will. I must upgrade my expectation of who God wants to be in and through me until it looks like scripture. My experience, my situations, they cannot dictate to me. I know there's some bleak things. I know there's some hard things. I've walked through some myself. We're all in the middle of some. We're all alive in 2022. There's some experiences and situations that are telling us that God is not good or not able. I'm telling you, those situations are lying. They will bow the knee to the name Jesus Christ. If we don't quit, we win. Somewhere in there, my, my friend said, hey, why don't you pray with your mom, her mom? I did. And contrary to everything I understood about healing and all of that, I, I was healed on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I didn't know that God still healed until he healed me. I thought it was my cross to carry until he just gave me a fresh perspective of what he carried at the cross. So he healed me. That changed a lot of things in my life. The next morning, though, I got up. I had an IV schedule. And I'm, again, I'm not from a community of faith at the time that understood much about healing. We had, I had never heard a testimony of it. I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do. So I had an IV schedule the next morning, and I was like, I honestly kind of embarrassed to go up to my doctor and be like, hi. I was, I was praying yesterday, and now I don't need this. Like, I'll, I'll be for real. I didn't know how to communicate that, so I just went and got my IV. Like, I didn't know what to do. I'm 21 years old, and this has been my life. So I'm sitting there watching this drip into my arm, and I don't know how many of these I'd had, dozens, hundreds of these IVs. I'm sitting there, I'm like, this feels different. I'm never going to do this again. And I didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I had this crazy season. I went back to school in Florida. I was going to college in Florida. People ask me why Florida. Y yeah, thank you. Because I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> Those, who, is the, who loves winter? Who's like, this is the best season? I got nothing. People are always like, you need to get a hobby, a winter hobby. I'm like, they're all cold. Uh-uh. Winter's for baked goods and Netflix. <laughs> So I went to school in South Florida. I went back to school, and, and literally for that semester, actually that full year, I would get up before my roommates would get up at 6.30 in the morning, which is a miracle for a college junior. <laughs> I would sit there and say, God, what do we do today? How do we do it? Because I'd never been healthy before. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't actually know how to live healthy. I knew how to live sick. I was actually really good at living sick. Sometimes we're really good at living with our problems. 
And sometimes what keeps us in those problems, keeps us in those scenarios and situations is that we know how to do them. And this over here, the freedom that Christ offers is actually really scary. How much of my identity was in this? How much of my, the praise I received was in how well I suffered? How many things I endured? The fight is not against Jesus and a sickness. It's not against Jesus in a situation. There is a fight for your identity. Are we who God says we are even before our life looks like it? Or are we who our experience and our situations dictate that we are? Is it scary? I, I'm with you. It's scary. It's scary to step into this whole new world of, I was really good at that. I knew what to expect. And I actually got a lot of praise for that. What, what's it going to be like over here? That was scary. So I would just get up before the Lord every day, and I would sit there, and I would say, okay, God, like, we gotta, I'm healthy. What do we do? I don't know how to do it. And it would just, he would just speak to me. He would just reassure me and speak to me. And the next day I would get up and sit before the Lord and be like, oh, my goodness. We got another one. What are we going to do? And the day after, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? How do we do this? And just, I was like this little puppy just alive for the first time. It was so fun. I, like, I got to meet myself instead of this really, you know, the sick version of myself isn't me. That's a shadow. I got to meet myself. I was like, wow, I'm so fun. <laughs> this is great. You know, the first time that I started feeling sick, the first time I got a cold, I was fighting a cold. I was terrified. Because for me, that was a signal of a cycle that would start and repeat, which would look like me withdrawing from university and living in my parents' house in a, in a bedroom. That's what it would look like. So the first time I started feeling that, I was terrified. I called my friend, and I said, what do I do? And she goes, oh, I'll take a nap. I'm like, <laughs> like that could take care of it. She's like, no, no, if you're not feeling well, you take a nap, and then you feel better. I'm like, no, that's not what happens. She was right. <laughs> I never had that before. I didn't know that you could take a nap and feel better. It's amazing how God's made our bodies. When you have one that was broken, you have a fresh appreciation for things like that. Sometimes these, these hardships, these, these places in our lives that were so broken and so, so hurting, it has given you this perspective that you are actually called to release to the body of Christ and the world around us. He will waste nothing. Did God cause me to be sick for all these years so I can talk about healing and see people healed? Absolutely not. That's not a good God. That's not a nice dad. But will he use it? You better believe it. Just watch him. So I got, I got healed. And, and it, for me, it was this encounter with the goodness of God. When God healed me, he healed me. And I told you I'd always known that John 3.16 love, that God so loves the world. I, know, I had absolute confidence in that. I understood salvation in Jesus. But in John 17, Jesus says this is eternal life, that you would know God and know Jesus Christ, the one who sent, he sent. That word in, in English, we think no when we think up here. 
That's not how it's used in many languages. Usually a lot of languages have, have two different ways of saying no. There's no, I know a fact. I know what time it is. And there's no, as in, I know my mom. I have experiential interaction and relationship. I know her voice. Everybody knows your mom's voice. You know, when your mom says your name and you get all three of them, you know. You know in a way that it's not a factual, but it's an experiential knowledge. I believe that the goodness of God is not this thing that we can intellectually perceive or understand. It is something that we are to know. We are to know it. We are to experientially understand that God is good, regardless of the scenario or the setting or the circumstances. God is good. As the psalmist said, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. David says, Psalm 23, that goodness is chasing him down. All the days of his life, it's following him. So I get healed, and it's this encounter with the goodness of God. Again, healing is a manifestation of the goodness. Whatever it is you need, when that thing comes through the cross, when Jesus hands it to you, it is a manifestation of his goodness. He's got a whole list of them called the fruit of the Spirit. So he hands this to me, and it changes everything, because now I know him. Like, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, he loves the world, but he healed me. He called me out. He touched my life. It marked me. Oh, and he was better than I thought possible. He was better than I thought possible. You know, every time we look at him, we have an opportunity to see a God that's even better than we knew last time. Wow. I think that's why we have forever to figure it out. It's not like we're going to get to the end and be like, well, that's it. That's how good he is. Figured it out. I think we're going to keep getting these fresh revelations of his goodness. So, but I had made these bartering prayers when I was sick. I don't know. You guys have probably done that. Like, God, if you, if, I, if you do this, I will. You guys have done those before? Yeah. Me too. And I would say, God, you know, because when you get serious, I would get this kind of like King James language and like, oh, God. Just me? I'm, I know who I'm speaking to. I say, God, if you make me well, I'll go to the nations. I'll tell them of, of what you've done for me. So I get healed, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> really hope I like the nations, because I got to go. Like, pack my suitcase. Let's go. And so uh, I got to do some missions travel uh, right away, and I loved it. It was something God had always put in my heart. I loved it. And so after I graduated from college, I took a, a stint as a missionary in Southeast Asia. And because honestly, I was trying to find the most hardcore place I could go. And that was, that was what was available to me at the time. And I was in a setting, I would regularly be in a setting with like no running water, no electricity. I have some stories for you. I'll tell you later. I've got some stories of like, huh, that just happened. I don't know how to process it. So good night. Like something would just, I'd be like, hmm, I'm supposed to eat what? Where, where's the bathroom? <laughs> All right. But in that, in that hardcore thing, I was actually trying to, uh, to earn what he freely gave me. To prove that he made a good choice. To say, look, because you did this, now I'll do that. 
Yes, we love because he first loved. There is that, that thing that flows through us. As we encounter his love, we actually love more. But it's completely different than earning his love by our actions. So I had had this one taste of the goodness of God, and man, I was running hard, and I was so excited. I would tell people, I'm three times the Lord's. He made me, he redeemed me, and he healed me. And you need to have some of that. You got to taste his goodness, man. He's so good. It was pretty bleak. But then Jesus came into my world. It doesn't matter how bleak it is. When Jesus touches you, it all changes. But to be honest, I started getting hungry again. I started getting hungry for that, that taste of his goodness. I felt so much shame over that. Because didn't I have enough? Didn't he heal me? There's plenty of people that are struggling with things, but he healed me. Should I just not be grateful with that? And I would, I would kind of shame myself. I feel guilty from asking for more. I say, you need it. Do you know that's not how God works? He's actually infinite in nature. I can't take your portion. And the more of him I encounter, it's not like there's less to go around. In fact, the more of him I encounter, the more like him I am made. And that's good news for me and for you. How much of him can we have? How good does he want to be to you? Again, if there's a limit that the scripture hasn't drawn, then it's, it's an illegal limit. Often it comes from our places of disappointment. We say, well, God, you didn't look good over there. I really thought it was going to look this way, but it didn't. And we get a little disappointed we draw a line that the Lord never intended to have in our lives. How good does he want to be to us? What does that look like? So while I was living in Southeast Asia, a friend gave me a CD with a couple English sermons on it. That's what she said. She goes, there's English. I was like, thank you. I don't care who it is. It was this guy named Bill Johnson. I'd never heard of him. But I remember listening to these sermons. It was my first foray outside of kind of the stream that I had grown up in. And he knew God. Like he knew him, like I'm talking about. That eternal life knew God. He knew that, that the Father was good. He was convinced of the goodness of God. And I remember listening to this. I listened to this. I had two messages. I listened over and over and over again. And I would just think, man, if I could get that in me. If I could know that God is good and he is on my side, regardless of what I'm seeing, if, if my emotions don't sway me, if my circumstances and situation don't move me away from this core conviction that God is good and he is for me, then what could separate me from it? What could separate me from the love of God? Global pandemics, riots, Wars, economic turmoil. It can't separate me. It can't separate us from his goodness. Again, how good does God want to be to you? And what does his goodness look like? Again, this is not... A concept we're going to get here. It's something we grab here. <laughs> I even I feel that pull right now. 
that, there were, that there's people in this room saying, okay, God, I want this. And we just say, yes, Holy Spirit, minister to your people right now. Thank you, Lord. Would you go ahead and put that Romans verse up, please? Everybody knows this one. You guys, you guys have probably seen this one before. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like, it's just stick with me because you're like, how does this apply? Yes, sin. I'm, I'm, this isn't a message about sin. I'm not saying those don't have its place, but this, this, isn't, this isn't that. We're going to look at the glory of God. We've fallen short. Sin, sin mars the picture. It removes us from this place where we can contain and carry the glory of God. That's what this verse tells us. God intended for us to carry his glory, to be intimately interacting with the glory of God. That's another abstract concept. So what does the glory look like? Well, good news, Moses asked that very question. In Exodus, Exodus 33, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. You know, I don't know if you guys have some of the ones that like it just falls open because you go back to time and again. I know I don't understand it yet, but I just can't. I'm just so attracted to it. So Moses in Exodus 33, he says, God, show me your glory. That's a great prayer. I encourage you to pray. Let's pray it right now. God, show me your glory. And God responds. You put that up on the screen. Moses said, I'll show me your glory. And God says to him, he said, I myself will make all of my goodness pass before you. We ask for his glory, we get his goodness. The glory of God is, is manifested by goodness on a person. Won't the knowledge of the glory of God cover the, cover the earth like the waters cover the sea? There's a correlation here, guys. How much of the goodness of God does he want to pour on our lives? And I'm not just talking about finances and blessings. Sometimes we can minimize it to that. No, I'm saying that we can enter any situation and say, my God is able. Until I see the goodness of God in the land of the living, it's not over. God says, I'll show you how good I am. This is my paraphrase. He says, I'm so good that I'm going to cover you up because otherwise you die. That's what's going to happen. And God passes in front of Moses. Man, I want to see that one. Not on replay in heaven. I want to see it tomorrow morning when I meet with the Lord. And the day after. And the day after. That we're marked and transformed by this. Uh, I first heard Graham Cook say this, that in the, in the earth, if it's too good to be true, someone's pulling your leg. We, we know that. If it's too good to be true, it, it's, you're, there's something wrong. You guys, you, yeah? Uh, okay, let, me, let me illustrate this one. This is, this is a fun illustration for me. I really like shoes. Now, all of you just looked at my feet. I know that. <laughs> 
I really like shoes. So I was just scrolling. I, you know, you, sometimes you just kind of scroll and you're looking at things. And I saw that there's these high tops, these Nike high tops made with Dior. Nike and Dior. I'm looking for, there's somebody who's going to resonate with this. Okay, here we go. Nike and Dior, they had a shoe baby. And it is great. Like, it is a beautiful shoe. It's got, like, the iridescent blue bottoms. It's got the Nike swoosh with the Dior symbol in it. And it's just, like, hand-stitched Italian leather. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, and I saw, I was looking at these things, and they're, um, it depends on where you buy them from, but about $13,000. So I'm not wearing them this morning. About $13,000. But sometimes these things get, get sold again, you know, like resale market. So I was looking on the resale market. Like, what would this, you know, you see, just, just to look. I'm just looking. Don't, hey. <laughs> just looking. And I see a pair of these going for $200. What does that tell you about these shoes? They're not real. These are not genuine Nike Dior's. It's too good to be true. When a $13,000 pair of shoes going for $200, there's a problem. We all know that. You innately know that. There's a problem with this. Let me tell you, in the kingdom of heaven, if it's not too good to be true, it's not the full story. In the kingdom of heaven, if it's not too good to be true, it's not the end of the story. The basic gospel message, I'm just talking the gospel of salvation, the basic good news is this, that God in his infinite kindness and goodness and love looks at himself and says, let me create humanity in my image, actually one that will bear my glory. Let me do that. Adam, you guys know the story. And we, we know what comes next. We know that there's a fall, but do you know what the Bible says? It says, before there was a problem, there was a solution. From the foundations of the earth, the lamb was slain. I heard it said like this, that Jesus, God, excuse me, God found you in Jesus before he lost you in Adam. There's weight on that. God found you in Jesus before he lost you in Adam. Let me tell you, any problem in your life, there is already a solution. The lamb was already slain. There is a solution for any situation that you're in. His name is Jesus Christ. He will be good. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, or it is not the end of the story. Until you see that goodness manifest, it's not over. So God, out of his goodness, his kindness, his love, he makes humanity. Before we fall, there's a plan in place, but we do fall. So Jesus, God himself, comes and lives among us, trades the glory and the riches of heaven for pre-indoor plumbing Nazareth, I don't want to do that. The God of all gods does. And he dies a criminal's death on the cross. Oh, but he doesn't stay dead. There's a Friday night, yeah, but there's a Sunday morning. And Jesus is resurrected. Death, oh, where? Where is your sting, oh, death? Where your victory, oh, grave? Jesus is resurrected. He doesn't even stay resurrected. He's ascended. 
And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And this isn't even the end of the story yet. This is basic gospel message. It sounds too good to be true. But the truth is he's included us in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension. And the Bible says we are co-seated with him. We are co-heirs with Christ. If that's not too good to be true, I don't know what is. And that's just the basic gospel message. If it's not too good to be true in your life, it's because it's not over. Now, I know some of you are thinking like, but it is over. The clock ran out. Just zoom out a little bit with me. Only one relay runner crosses the finish line. I don't know if you guys know much about track and field. You're watching where they hand off the baton and they run. Only one in four crosses the finish line. There are situations and scenarios that I might not be the one to cross the finish line, but I'm going to run my lap hard, and I'm going to run it fast, and I'm going to create a lead so big that the person in front of me can just cruise. Hand off that baton. Hebrews says this is what the cloud of witnesses is doing. They're watching us carry their baton to see the fulfillment of the promise spoken to them. You know, Abraham, Father Abraham, had many sons. Bible trivia, how many sons did Abraham have? No, no one? We're my Baptists. I, come, at least two. He actually had more than two. But we know at least Ishmael and Isaac, right? But Father Abraham, he had many sons. Remember the promise? Stars in the sky. Sand on the seashore. Do you think Abraham died disappointed? Do you? Or he saw the promise. He says, all right, we got it. We got it. Now, this is not great theology. I, sorry, Pastor Jamie, this is, this is completely all off, off map right here. I don't have any, there's no biblical backing for this, but I have this, I have an expectation that when I, when I enter the, the gates of heaven, that Father Abraham is going to be waiting for me. He's going to say, there's my kid. My God is faithful. Just expecting, like, there's another one. There's another, there's, look at this, the sand of the seashores, the stars in the sky. Just because we don't see it all right now, doesn't mean it's not true. It just means that God's at work far bigger than my, my limited eyesight can comprehend. If we don't quit, we win. We've seen the end of the story. Yeah, there's some stuff in the middle, but oh, King Jesus is glorified. He's coming back for a pure spotless bride, not one hanging on for hope. What if we are a body of believers that ask this question with full expectation of it being answered? How good can God be in me and through me? How good does he want to be to you today? And then tomorrow? And then next week? The scenarios, the situations, they will lie to you. 
they will shout at you something else. That's why we have to anchor into the goodness of God, that we will not be swayed by the winds in the world, that it cannot change our appreciation, our expectation, our hope that my God will be good. I'll also say to you that until you're a little bit offended by his goodness, he probably wants to be better. Come on. Until we're a little bit offended by how good he is, there's more. We see this all the time. The religious people, which I I get what Paul's like, I'm the most. All the time they're offended by how good he is. The people, his, his followers are offended by his goodness. I personally get a little offended by the parable of the workers because I want to work really hard for the Lord, yet he's better than I thought. So that offense becomes an opportunity for an encounter where I say, God, I really want to exchange my belief for what you say. I want to be more like you. Can you sand off these edges? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He also said, you being wonderful parents, he says, you though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will the heavenly father give of his Holy Spirit? How much more? How much more? How much more can we have? I don't know, but let's find out. Let's try. Let's spur one another on. Let's say, hey, I know it doesn't look good there yet, so let me partner with you. Lean on my faith until we can look and say, I see the hand of God at work. Until we can, like my friends in Ukraine who are surrounded by bombing and, and it's, it's war, can say, my God is good. I don't care what's exploding around me. My God is good. How much can we contain? How much can we experience? That's that's actually how I want to go out. I want to like run so hard after his goodness that I find the edge. You guys are a little bit nervous. I know it's here. (laughs) Until I find the edge of his goodness. That's that's the, the goal, the dream of my life. What about a company of people to run with? Can we raise up a body of believers that will say, how much, God? Unless the scripture set a limit, it's not there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we did this in first service. I think it's a good idea again in this one. It's just we're going to take a minute and just ask the Lord this question. God, what does your goodness look like in my life right now? God, what does your goodness look like in my life right now?
Pastor Jamie preached on moving the rubble last week, and I feel like there's actually, this is an opportunity to look at that gold. There's situations that have, that have hurt our hearts, that have deeply disappointed us, that have looked contrary to the gospel truth. Father, would you show them your goodness in the midst of it? good do you want to be to your people this morning? What is already in play? Would you take your hands and I want you just to place them open on your lap right now, okay? Sometimes without realizing it, our emotions clench up, especially when you're being asked to let go and maybe dream a little bit, recognize something good. There's a tension sometimes in our emotional base and it'll show up in your hands. You'll be clenching. I mean, you didn't even realize you're doing it. I want you intentionally Unclench, let go. Turn your hand over and receive right now. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now and let the wind of heaven, the river of life, just come and wash over every heart. Renewal. We speak a renewal. Fresh, fresh, fresh touch of the Lord this morning. A renewal, a renewal in our heart, renewal in our mind. The goodness of the Lord would come shining out right now. We just decree that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There's a picture of, I saw this as we were praying before, that I saw the, the Lord's hand with a suture in his hand, a, a thread and needle to sew up the wound that had been cut open and I see him like he's finishing it up. He's tying it off. And so there's this moment of like, you're waiting for the surgery to happen and God is waking you up from it already. It already happened. <laughs> he's actually good. He's really good at dealing with stuff going on the inside. And while Rebecca was sharing her story, the Lord was actually dealing with things in your heart. And he was moving the stuff around that needed to be moved around. And even right now in this moment, he's letting you know like, ah, it's already finished. Come on, I want you to, that, that tension, that thing, I just want you to declare over your life, it's finished. Wow, is that it? Like you're waking up at the laughing gas, right? Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> yep, wisdom teeth are out. It's finished. Lord, I thank you that the finished work of the cross proclaims the goodness of God over our lives. I pray that the reality of the risen king and what he has done the finished work of the cross would 
would be anchored in our spirits, anchored in our souls so strongly, Lord, that your goodness would shine through. Lord, I thank you right now that every heart would be witnessing your goodness in a fresh way. Lord, we just proclaim that over we, over the coming days, over our situation, over our nation, over the world, that the goodness of God, oh, we think we got a glimpse before. You wait and see. You just watch what the Lord's going to do in our day. Thank you for that, Lord. Let hope arise. Lift up your expectation to him. Thank you, Lord. The story's not over if the story isn't good. Father, I thank you for the work of your spirit in this place today and all that you're doing among us. Lord, we pray that you would come, that you would touch, powerfully transform, and do what only you can do. Do what only you can do, Lord. We say yes to your will, to your way. Come on, can you just give him a yes? Yes, Lord. So be it unto me. Amen. So be it unto me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, can you please join me in saying thank you to Rebecca? Yeah, come on. All right, I'm going to bless you and release you so you just stay standing, okay? I, one last instruction, though, okay? Out there in the lobby, so Rebecca actually wrote a book, and she brought a box of them with, and she wasn't even going to talk about it. She wasn't anything. I just said, hey, listen, is it okay if I sell your book, okay? So I want us, like, don't let her walk away with any copies today. Go and buy it. It's her story. There's a mate. The goodness of God's all throughout it, Okay. But uh, go out there. Don't prove me a liar. Let me sell all her books. Like, get them all gone. Don't make her carry a box of books out of this place today, okay? Sound good? All right. Father in heaven, I thank you for your presence, for your people, for who you are, for all that you do. And, Lord, I decree your blessing today. May the blessing of the Lord be upon your lives. The goodness of God marking all of your days. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's favor rest on your life. May his grace, his graciousness be upon you that you would absolutely taste and see that he is good in your lifetime and that his peace and his kingdom would be advanced through your, all your days. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bless you today. And everybody agreed with that said, amen. Come on, can we give a clap to the Lord today?